This is Rio of Madison Rising, and you're listening to our acoustic version of the Star Spangled Banner here on KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stride in bright stars through the perilous fight oh the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red
You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Welcome to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Harden, and again, I want to thank the Lord and the management of KLRN Radio for this great opportunity to share God's Word with you today. Welcome to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Harden, and I'll be here with you now for the next hour. And I have a good message to share with you this morning. I want to share with you today about faith. Now, and I guess in all of my messages before, I've certainly talked about faith and, uh, you know, mentioned it and explained it briefly as I talked about other subjects and everything today. But I want faith to be the main subject today because it is so important to us. God comes to us through his love in many ways, you know, like mercy, grace, charity, um, he gives people visions and dreams and sends angels to bring messages 
to us off and on or to protect us and minister to us. But now, in all these ways that God comes to us, there is only one way we can respond positively and be pleasing to God, and that's faith. And that's why it's so important to us. You know, there's a lot of things we can do in response to different messages and different things or feelings we have or like this. But there's only one way to be pleasing to God and respond to Him, and that's through faith. So that means we each need to understand clearly what faith is. And today, I want you to know when... when when we get through with this message, or even way before we get through with the message, I want you to know what faith is, what it's not, that some of the things being taught in our society about faith, that it's not faith. And I want you to know how you get faith. Now, you have a lot of control in this, and I want you to know what control you have in obtaining faith how you grow in faith, or more accurately to say, how you grow in confidence and trust of God. And I'll clear that up in just a few minutes. And then give you some examples of faith throughout the scriptures and just how we should live by faith and what's that, what it means when it says several times in the scriptures that just shall live by faith. Because certainly... If, if we've received Christ in our heart and become a child of God, we certainly would want to please our Father. And the benefits all come to us through uh, faith. Now, let's take a look at some of these uh, words. Faith, we're saved by faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. The promises come to us through faith. Hebrews 6.12, we inherit the promises of God by faith. See, not just because we're a Christian. Now, the promises are made available to us. We become joint heirs with Jesus when we receive the Spirit of Christ in our heart. But the promises come alive to us through faith. And, and see, there's where we have to do something to obtain those promises uh, have them come alive in our life. Scripture says several times that the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17 is one of those verses. It says the just shall live by faith. Also in 1 John 5.4, the Scripture says we have victory over the world by faith. Now, I mean, over the world means, you know, the, the activities of, of the devil throughout the world and, you know, the things of the world that are not of God or... You know that uh, that we shouldn't be a part of that are becoming against us and things like this. We have that victory over the world through our faith. So we need to know how to obtain faith and and have a little control of of what this concept is, faith, that uh, we can have the confidence and joy of knowing that we're living by faith and that we're doing and responding to God the way we should. It also talks about in uh, scriptures, we have a shield from the devil. Um, well, like in Ephesians 
chapter 6, verse 16, says we have a shield of faith that will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Because, see, God is uh, coming to us in love and wanting to relate to us by sharing his love or sharing his love. But he is love. So by, by walking with us and talking with us and everything, uh, and he wants us to respond back positively. But see, the devil's whole purpose in all this is to do everything he can to deceive us. Deceive us maybe into thinking that we're walking by faith when we're not walking by faith. If he can get us confused in some way or another. Um, you know, he'll terrorize us when something happens that we're not, a, you know, particularly sure of what to do. And, and you know, we, we don't know which way to go or something all of a sudden. He comes in and terrorizes us and uh, fear and things like this, you know, to try to keep us from being able to calm down enough to seek the Lord and, and know what God wants us to do. So the devil's whole purpose is to try to confuse us and separate us from God and his love that we don't fully receive the benefits and things God has for us and what God wants us to have. So, the only way we can respond positively to God is through faith. And that's why it is so important that we each, you know, um, have a better understanding of faith. And if you have a subject and you, uh, or you want to do a study in the Bible and you're not sure what to do, if you've never made a study of faith, do that. I would challenge you to get a concordance. Now, a concordance is a, one of these large books uh, it tells you every time the word in the King James, like the word the, or the word faith, or the word grace, it, it lists these every word in the Bible, and it tells you where it's found in the Bible, which scripture and verse. And you can go see what it says. So you could study the word of faith by looking through and reading in the scriptures every time the word faith is used to get a good idea of uh what it means and how it should work in our lives and things like this. Now, see, that's a good way to get started if you've never done it before, because uh, it'll give you a lot of scriptures that you won't hear if you listen to uh, daily radio and television, you know, gospel programs or in your church like that. The short time that the your ministers bringing a message on Sunday like that. There'll be so many scriptures you'll you'll never hear because they'll pick out the you know the more favorite ones. And uh, so get a concordance and study some of these to get a better understanding of the different subjects. And the reason I said to King James while ago is not I'm not just you know a King James only person. It's just that it took so long to make a concordance, you know, to get every word in the Bible that it's a big book and the other versions, you know, the NIV and some of the others, don't have concordances made up yet like that because it took so long to make up the concordance for the King James. But anyway, you can look up the scriptures in the King James and then look up the same scripture in the NIV and RSV and different other versions and see what they say about the same scriptures that King James uses the word faith in. Well, now, I hope I've encouraged you to do that, but... Let's start this off now with what is faith? 
that is certainly the, one of the first things that we need to know what faith is. And uh, many of you, I'm sure, have already said, well, Hebrews 11, 6, faith is substance things hoped for and the evidence things not seen. And um, quoted that in, like it's God's definition of faith, which many ministers around our country, you will hear them say that, that Hebrews 11, 1, what we call the faith chapter, because it talks about uh, many of the people in the Old Testament and things they did by faith and like this. So it's referred to as a faith chapter. But uh, let's take a look at that verse, Hebrews 11, 1. Uh, I only have an hour here to talk with you. It looks like about 15 minutes is already gone. I wish I had about four or five hours because you just can't cover this even in an hour. But Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now see, since that's written the way it is, it says now faith, faith is. So people say, well, now this is fixing to tell me what faith is. And it does in a way, but it's not a definition. And that's what we need to understand faith better is to know just what the specifics is. Like I can say electricity is the substance fulfilling my hope to turn these lights on in my office now, even though I can't see the electricity. See, that's a true statement. But it doesn't tell me what electricity is. And that's the way Hebrews 11 1 is. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence things not seen, but that's not a definition. What this is saying is when you, when you see your hopes being fulfilled, that's the evidence that faith is there working and fulfilling your hopes. See, this is saying that when faith is working in your life and you're seeing your hopes be fulfilled, see, you know it's faith even though you can't see it. Another example, like a, I've used a lot of times, if, if, you're, if you put a windmill out in your pasture or out near your house somewhere, and, you know, your hope is that the wind will blow and turn the windmill blades. And when you turn the windmill blades, it'll be turning a rod down in the bottom of the uh, windmill in a generator with a magnet on it that will generate electricity then. Well, when you look out your window and you see the windmill blades turning, you'll say, you can say then, wind is a substance fulfilling my hope to turn those windmill blades even though I can't see the wind. See, that's, that's the way Hebrews 11 1 is. Faith is a substance fulfilling our hopes, even though we can't see it. Then the rest of that chapter goes on and tells you uh, and gives you many examples of how faith was working in the lives of God's people in the Old Testament in great ways, even though you couldn't see the faith, you could see the evidence of it because of how God was working in their life and how things were happening in their life. It just, you know, it was obvious that faith was what was doing it, their acceptance and obedience to God's Word. Now, so if Hebrews 11.1 is not a definition of faith, what is faith? Okay, Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Now here we have a lot of teachings around the country that you must, you know, just hear a lot of God's Word then. And, you know, the more 
times you go to church and more times you hear God's word, you're just growing in faith because you're growing and you're hearing a lot of God's word. But see, that's not faith either. Hearing God's word and hearing it and receiving faith from it requires that you respond to God's word in a certain way. Like Psalms 119.9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to God's word. By taking heed, it's how you respond to God's word determines whether your hearing God's word becomes faith to you or not. Okay, listen to another verse. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, even when you hear the gospel, you may have been sitting in the church like I did for 15, 20 years, thinking you had a lot of faith. But listen to this, Hebrews 4, 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached unto them did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So see, just hearing God's word doesn't assure that you have received a lot of faith or that you have a lot of faith. See, it's how you respond to God's word. If you reject God's word, you have no faith. It's that simple. You can hear and hear and hear God's word and split hell wide open. For an example, in Hebrews chapter 3, when the children of Israel came up to the promised land, they all knew that it was God's will for them to cross over into the promised land, cross over the Jordan into the promised land. See, God had brought them out of Egypt and that slavery and that bondage and everything to lead them to their promised land. Now, here they are at the border, at the Jordan River, and they're supposed to cross over. Well, Joshua sent out 12 spies. Excuse me, Moses sent out 12 spies, and uh, Joshua was one of them, Joshua and Caleb. But of the 12, Joshua and Caleb were the only two that came back and said, Hey, let's go in that land. We're going to capture that land. That, you know, that's our promised land. The other ten spies, though, came back and told the children of Israel, said, there's giants over there. Where's grasshoppers to them? We can't go in there. You know, they talked the people then not into doubt. See, doubt is when you don't know God's will. They all knew it was God's will to go in. They knew God's will. But they talk the people into unbelief. Now, unbelief is when you've heard God's word and you don't receive it correctly or you don't receive it positively into your heart. You reject it. In Hebrews chapter 3, it tells about this, starting verse 12. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, departing from the living God all they were doing was rejecting going over into the promised land. But see, that's departing from the living God, His Word. God and His Word are the same. They all knew God's Word to cross over into the promised land. They knew it was God's will. Now, so when you reject God's Word, when you reject His will, you're rejecting to unbelief. So you can have a lot of head knowledge about God's Word and God's will and reject it, and you are in what's called unbelief. And if you look all through the Scripture and do a word search of the Scriptures, um, unbelief, only unbelievers are going to be in hell in the lake of fire. 
Because, see, God has promised to bring everybody to a knowledge of him, to a belief, to know him. Uh, the grace of God that brings salvation, it says in Titus 2.11, has appeared to all men. And in Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says, Even the heavens declare the glory of God, that we're all without excuse. It's Romans chapter 1, verses 19-20, long in there. That we're all without excuse, because God brings us to that knowledge. And see, then it's unbelievers that are going to lake of fire, hell and the lake of fire. People who have come to that knowledge of God and then rejected him. Now, and God has promised to bring us all to that knowledge. Just like, you know, a while ago it said in Hebrews 4, 2 about the, and when he brings people to the, you know, and teaches people that they're a sinner, teaches people that uh, Jesus is the answer. He teaches people that they need to humble themselves, invite Jesus to come in, or Christ to come in their heart, the spirit of Christ to come in their heart. The only positive way to respond is to do it. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save me, and I commit my life to you. That is the positive response, then, that we must make back to the Lord when he teaches us these things. Then his response is, like it says in, what is it, uh, Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six. God says, a new heart also will I give you. See, that's going to be his response back to us when we humble ourselves and ask forgiveness of our sins, invite him to come in our hearts. A new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you. See, that's what he does when we call out to him then and ask forgiveness of our sins and invite him to come into our heart. Then we become a child of God, like Galatians 4, 6 says. And because your sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. See, a joint heir with Jesus. We're a child of God now. We're a new creation. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, excuse me, 5.17, it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things have passed away. See, before we receive Christ in our heart, we're born on this earth as babies without any spirit of God in us. That's what it means, total sin. Total separation of our heart from God. As we start growing up then, we start learning everything, you know, about, you know, what our brothers and sisters tell us, our moms and dads. Then we go to school and our neighbors and, you know, the other school kids and everything tell us these different things. We start getting all this stuff in our heart. But see, we don't have any spirit of God in us. And then God teaches us and starts teaching us that, hey, you know, I'm real. You know, uh, you've got sin in your life. You've got separation from me. And that's what it means, total separation, is total sin. That's how we're born. And as we come to that knowledge then, we have to respond by just simply turning to the Lord and saying, Lord, please forgive me. Come into my heart and save me. That is the response of faith to God and his love. Now, see, when God is speaking to us, we say God speaks to us and teaches us we're sinners like this and everything. But God and his word are the same. In uh, John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. And the Word still is God. God's living Word is what created the universe. It says all things were created by Him. God speaks, and it's 
actually what it is, it's just God going forth and manifesting himself. Like if God speaks to you today, God speaks to me today in some special way, it's not him sending a message to me or to you from him. It's God himself coming to us. It's God coming to us and manifesting himself in our hearts and minds or, or however he wants to. But when he identifies to us through his spirit some type of uh, message that we recognize then as you know, in a, an intelligible type message or something from him or you know of him as he's manifesting it in our heart and mind see it's God himself doing it that's why there's only one way to respond to God and his word possibly is to receive what it is God is coming to us and manifesting to us we can't reject his word and be pleasing to it so faith is a word we use to say that God has manifested a message to us some way or another dream a vision or he's spoken to us you know in our minds or like it but he's created a pattern in our mind where we can understand what he wants or you know understand that it's him and there's only one way to respond positively to that is to accept whatever it is he's saying and receive it into our heart now, if we reject it like a children of Israel here, we will be rejecting it. Take heed, lest there be any of you in an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, see, that's why he said departing from the living God. Because it's him manifesting that message in us, even though we say, you know, God spoke to me or God sent me this message or something like this. It's not. It's God himself coming to me, manifesting himself in my mind. And it's here, departing from the living God. It says, okay, for some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all came out of Egypt by Moses. That is, what you're saying there is that all the people didn't even come out of Egypt. Some of them didn't come out. You know, they, they stayed in Egypt. But anyway, it says, but whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that, or God, that they would not enter into the rest of the promised land, but to them that believed not? Then verse 19, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They had rejected God. They had rejected his, you might say, message or his word that he had manifest to them, that the he was leading them into the promised land and they should cross over the Jordan. But see, what kept them from doing that was they didn't trust God enough. After all those miracles and everything, they didn't trust him enough to receive his word, to, you know, go into the promised land knowing that he's going with them. Because, see, God and his word are the same. He wasn't going to just send them in there and then sit back and watch them and see what they were going to do or something like this. He was going with them. He and his word were going with them. And they had seen evidence of that ever since Moses had come over and was bringing them out of, you know, the bondage in Egypt and everything. They had seen so many miracles. So faith now is when we receive the living God, the living word of God into our heart that he manifests to them, to us. Hebrews 4, 2, for unto us was a gospel preached as well as an them. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel is that our hearts are separated from God. We're sinners. And that's what 
sin is. Total separation of our hearts from God when we're born. We're sinners. We need God. See, we all, our hearts were created alike, a void that we cannot be complete as God intended for us to be, you know, without His Spirit in our heart. But we have to make that choice. He won't force His way in. So, like it says in Romans, let's see, what, 10, 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But now, in calling, we've got to call humbly before Him, asking forgiveness of the things that we've done, the sins and things we've committed like that in that empty heart while we're, you know, separated from Him. And then, like Ezekiel 36, 26, God then puts in us a new heart. He says, a new heart also will give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, give you heart of flesh, and put my spirit in you. And when His spirit comes in us, we're born in the family of God for eternity. He will never take His Spirit out of us. Jesus says that He will lose none of us. That the ones that God has taught and have come to Him, He won't lose any of us. We have a new heart. We're a child of God. And there's no provision anywhere in the Scripture for God to reverse our heart again and, and kick us out of the family. When we receive the new heart, the new life, we're a child of God for eternity. Now, Take a short break, and I'll be right back. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N dot com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Well, I wish I had about three or four more hours, but faith is 
so interesting and everything. Every time you see or hear the word faith, the, what should come to your mind is that God has manifested his spirit to someone in a form of a message in their mind or heart, and the individual has received it positively into their heart, or they should have received it positively into their heart. So when you see the word faith, think of God coming to a person personally, himself, you know, it's not a message from him, a text or a teletype or Twix or something like that. It's God himself manifesting him, himself in a person's mind or heart in a way that the person can receive it as an intelligible message. And that person then must make the choice to accept and receive that message or receive God into their heart for that situation or reject him. Reject the living God or accept the living That's why faith is so important. And there's no way for us to be pleasing to God if we're going to reject him from what he's trying to, you know, uh, teach us or to say to us and guide us or something like that. So faith then is our positive response to God and his uh, urging, speaking, or however you want to talk to it. But bringing a message to us and trying to lead and guide us in some particular way. Now, if we reject that, we're in what's called unbelief. So you don't have faith and accept God's word by faith. See, that's right backwards. You'll hear, accept God's word by faith. No, you can't do that. See? <laughs> you don't accept it by the faith because you don't have the faith until you make the choice to accept his word. Faith comes by hearing, hear the word of God, but like in the Psalms 119.9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to God's word. And I think in, in Jeremiah one time, <clears throat> he was so much wanting people to hear his word and follow him. This was Jeremiah 22.29. says, O earth, O earth, O earth, hear the word of the Lord. God was just crying out to people to listen to him. You know, he had something to say to them, and he wanted them to listen to him. And that's the way it is with us. He wants a personal relationship with us. And the devil wants to do everything he can to block that relationship, to do something. And and I can see that even in, in developing and, and getting ready for the program this morning. Uh, things that have happened here, that how the, the devil is working to try to, you know, mess this up or something. Anyway, so what is faith? Faith is our positive response to God. Now, the scripture says, faith comes to hearing, hear more to God. Faith is a positive response to hearing God manifest a message to us in our response to him. Now, how do you get faith? By receiving and accepting his word into your heart. Now, let me let me give you just a little example here. It's, you say, oh man, if God spoke to me, I'd certainly do that. Let me give you one scripture here that will give you a little idea that it's not always easy to accept God's word. Well, Second Chronicles chapter 20, Joseph was surrounded by three armies. He said he feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And God said, okay, Joseph, it's my battle, not yours. Y'all just... Go out in tomorrow, tomorrow morning, set yourself and see the victory in front of those three armies. He says, my battle, not yours. I'll fight the battle. They had to trust God enough. 
They had to have confidence enough that that they were hearing from God, and it really was God speaking to them. They had to trust him enough then that he would actually take care of them if they just marched out of the gates and sat out there and watched in front of three armies. Now, can, can you believe anybody right now in their right mind, you know, well, in their right mind, if God told them to, they would, but can you imagine anybody walking out in front of a group of ISIS people, you know, coming along right now, you know, with their swords and everything like that, and uh, and just sit in front of them? God told me to come sit in front of you, you know. Now, see, you've got to know that God is telling you to do what it is, you know. So you've got to have that confidence. You've got to believe that it's really God speaking to you. You've got to learn how to hear his voice. See, there's so many other things involved in this. Certainly, if Jesus manifested himself right now in front of you and me, wherever you are, and, and spoke a word to us, we'd do it. Well, we'd have that confidence and joy knowing, you know, like that, that, you know, Jesus just manifested himself to me and told me to go do this. But that's not the way he comes to us all the time. We've got to learn to hear his voice like Jesus says in John 10, 10. Excuse me. Well, in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But in, in the other verses there in John chapter 10 leading up to that, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and all others will flee. And it's like you may have gone to a big Christmas party, you know, a few weeks ago or, you know, a few days ago. And, and if if you were to blindfold, if somebody would blindfold you and lead you through that party, you could pick out your wife or your husband just by their voice. And we've got to learn to hear the Lord in this life in a way that like today now, as we go through our daily activity today, that we can hear his voice among all those other voices we're going to hear today. The devil's going to be speaking through people and things like this, uh, trying to guide us in different directions and everything. But we've got to be able today to hear God's voice in a way that we can know it's him and follow him in his voice and his instructions. That's how the just shall live by faith, is that we're following his voice throughout the day. We're following his leadership and guidance. And how do we grow to be like that? By studying his word we study God's word and then throughout the daytime then the Holy Spirit will bring those words back to us and remind us when we're there at the um, service station operating the gas pump somebody comes up and speaks to us or something or we're in the grocery store or we're in you know shopping center or something like this we can hear God's voice but we've got to have his word in our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can draw those words out then and speak to us not only in our head but our heart too so that there's a you know that um, evidence that it is God's way now how do you get faith by receiving more of God's word how do you grow in that faith is by giving God an opportunity like it says when uh, uh, pray for those that despitefully use you or if somebody's lying about you or trying to cheat you or something like this you know uh, don't go to fighting and everything like that it says pray for those that despitefully use you uh, give the Lord an opportunity to work in it and to see what he'll do even in the office or something like that where you might work pray and, and, and pray for the people that are trying to harm you and everything that, that God will be able to deliver them from the evil they're trying to do and stuff and you know pray for them don't just fight back. See, that's what people of the world do in, in the same way. Now, 
we're supposed to, you know, defend ourselves and everything like this. But you don't argue and fight. Just state your position or whatever and and let that be it. But we grow in faith by giving God a chance to work his way in our life so that we can know that it's him doing it. And we get that confidence and trust like Jehoshaphat had when he was surrounded by three armies. He trusted God enough that when God told him, march out of the gates in front of those three armies, that he did it. And all of his people did it. Well, except for the women and children. They stayed back in the you know, the city and everything. But the, all the fighters and everything with Jehoshaphat went out and set themselves to, without weapons and stuff in front of those three armies. And God performed the battle and the victory. I say that that'd be something, you know, that you'd really have to know that God's speaking to you. But we're going to have times coming up in the next, you know, few years and everything in our society here where, you know, Christianity is being persecuted a lot. And we're going to have to know that we've heard God's word and what he wants us to do. Because like it says in, what is that, Ephesians 6.16, shield of faith, accepting God's word, see, we accept his word, and he promises to back up his word and provide that shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Not just a few of them, but all of them. See? And like it says in Psalms 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. See, now that's God's word. We've got you know, to accept and receive that. That's going to be our shield the angel of the Lord helping us and you know the shield of faith and everything but to have that shield of faith we've got to have God's pure word and know that it's his word like Jehoshaphat did because see, when Jehoshaphat and his armies and his people were fasting and seeking the Lord before the temple it was one of the priests that stood up and said Jehoshaphat you know thus saith the Lord you know it's not your battle it's mine now see that word of God came to them through one of their people. Now, they had to have the confidence and believe that it was God speaking through that Jehaziel, you know, the priest. That he wasn't just standing up saying something that sounded good. Like uh, people all across our country on, on, on Sunday, yesterday, you know, in Pentecostal churches and things, Simile God churches, uh, spoke up and gave words of God and said, Thus saith the Lord this and this and this. And, and probably most of those messages aren't even remembered today. See, because it, it, it just it happens every week, over and over. You know, most time the same people say it over and over and over. You know, something good like that, and everybody accepts it. That's fine. It may be, may not. But see, that's what they had to decide. When Je when God spoke through Jehaziel in Second Chronicles chapter 20 to Jehoshaphat and them and said, Thus saith the Lord, it is my battle and not yours. Go set yourself and see the victory. If Jehaziel was just saying that and making it up, and they went out there and set themselves in front of those three armies, they would have been slaughtered so quick. So see, and that's the way it would be with us too. Unless we've learned to hear from God and know it's God speaking to us. Proverbs 35 and 6 says, Every word of God is pure, shield them, put their trust in it. Add thou not to it, lest he reprove thee, thou be found a liar. Now, just because Jehoshaphat did that, if I were to say, Okay, watch this. I'm going to go out there and set myself in front of this army coming here too and, and, and do like Jehoshaphat did without God telling me to. See, when we 
are confessing what God wants us to do, we're supposed to be confessing what he has told us to confess. Like Mark 11, 23 says, have faith in God. See, so have faith in God. Accept and obey his word, in other words. Now, have faith in God. Whosoever shall say in his mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in sea, and not doubting. See, that not doubting means you know it was Jehoshaphat that told Jehoshaphat them to go out sit in front of the three armies. You know it was God that spoke to you to tell you to speak to that mountain, whatever your mountain is, whatever your problem is, see. You have got to have spent the time on your knees praying, fasting, seeking to find out what God wants you to do in that situation. You don't just make up what you want to do and then say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And, you know, you tag along and protect me and everything. No. You seek his will. Have faith in God. Whosoever shall say in this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in sea, and not doubting. The only way we cannot doubt is to know that it's God speaking to us. You've got to know his pure word. And that's what it says in, you know, that Proverbs 11.30. Every word of God is pure. Shield them, put their trust in me. Add thou not to it, lest he reprove thee. See, so if you've just made up something and you're claiming that to be God's word and it's not, God's not going to back it up. I've, I've seen so many people, you know, like that, so disappointed because they say, God's going to give us this house here. Uh, we need a house, and we're claiming this house by faith. See, you can't claim nothing by faith unless God has told you he's given you that house, unless he's told you he's given you that job. Now, you can pray and ask him to give you the job. You can pray and ask him to give you the house, but that's not hearing from God first. And now to have faith is hearing God's word first. Have faith in God. Whosoever shall say in this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast thee, and not doubting shall have whatsoever he saith. Okay, that's the way with Jehoshaphat. When, when God spoke through Jehaziel to Jehoshaphat and his men, said, It's my battle, not yours. The first thing they did, the very next verse after uh, Jehaziel got through speaking, they bowed their faces to the ground. They thanked the Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you. See, they, they knew it was God speaking through him. They received it. Next morning they got up. They marched out of those gates. And in verse 22 of that chapter, verse Second Chronicles 20, 22, it says, And when they began to sing and to praise, then God said embushments against those three armies. See, God didn't start making his physical presence known in that situation against those three armies until they committed themselves totally marching out of the gates singing praises. They would have been totally dead and wiped out. If they had been wrong, they put their whole life and trust in God's hand. And, you know, because it was his word, it was his pure word. But if they had added to it and said, well, let's all take a sword with us. Let's all take a you know bow and arrow with us and hide it behind our back. See, but that's not what he told them to do. March out of the gate singing praises and like that. And, and see, so we've got to know God's word. We've got to accept and obey it without adding to it or taking from it. And then we can have whatsoever God told us. Those are the words of faith. See, those are the words that we're accepting to faith 
are the words that he tells us. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So he speaks, we hear his word, and those are the words we confess. Now, there's a lot of words in the Bible that he's already told us. Like, for example, uh, one of those scriptures or some of God's word I have the trouble, the biggest trouble with is Philippians 2.14. <clears throat> now, we'll see how well you can receive God's word now, okay? This will be something you can work on today or the rest of your life. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without complaining and arguing. Now, see, you just heard God's word. I just heard God's word. That is so hard to even try to do, let alone to think we can do it. Over and over, I catch myself complaining. I catch myself arguing. I say, oh, Lord, please forgive me. Now, we are supposed to give advice to people when things are wrong, something like this. But there's a borderline between, you know, just giving advice or, you know, uh, good information like that and criticizing and you got to be careful there, and then you got to pray and, and do it, you know, in love and stuff like this. But do all things without complaining and arguing. Now, see, to receive his word to faith means that, oh, you know, we, there's a couple of ways you could respond. You could say, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. I can't do that. That's ridiculous. You know, it'd be nice, you know, if somebody could, but I couldn't. And just reject it and forget about it. That would be unbelief. Now, for the rest of your life, if you're listening and you truly want to receive his word to faith, Philippians 2.14, do all things without uh, complaining and arguing. Every time you catch yourself complaining and arguing, now for the rest of your life, say, Lord, please forgive me. Help me not to argue. Help me not to complain. Help me, you know. See, it, it, we've got to try. And he's, he's promised to forgive us when we don't. We turn to him, ask him for help. And there are so many other scriptures like that, too. It says, you know, uh, forgive others lest you give Satan advantage. Well, if, if you're holding unforgiveness toward anybody right now, uh, there our hospitals are filled with Christians that are holding unforgiveness toward other people, and they don't realize that is why they're sick. In fact, it even says in the, what is it, Second, Second Chronicles, excuse me, Second Corinthians, when it's talking about, you know, the Lord's Supper, it says if you take the Lord's Supper without your heart being right, that you can be sick. It says that many sleep. And in those days, you know, the word sleep was talking about dying. Many people sleeping and dying and sickness and things like this because of taking the Lord's Supper with, with wrong things in your heart. So it says, search your heart first before you take the Lord's Supper. You know, like it. And then in First Peter 3, 7, Husband, dwell your wives according to knowledge, being joint heirs of grace of life, as unto the weaker vessel, lest your prayers be hindered. See, we've got these scriptures, God's word to us, that, you know, and that's why Jesus came to set us free of the curse of the law, because, see, we can't do these things perfectly. Jesus did. He, he did that. He went through that perfect walk of faith. He died on the cross. He shed his blood seven times on the cross to fulfill the sprinkling of the blood. His, you know, his two hands, two feet. His beard was plucked. That's fifth way. The crown of thorns on his head was the sixth way. And the stripes on his back was the seventh way. The seven sprinklings of the blood to fulfill all those sacrifices. He did it for us. But now... All we have to do is turn to him and ask forgiveness and with a right heart receive his word and try to do the best we can and turn to him for strength and help and forgiveness. 
See, so um, how do you get faith? By receiving God's word into your heart and doing the best you can and turn to him for help and strength and forgiveness. And as you do that, then you'll start growing in confidence and, and you'll see, hey, God did this in my life last month. And God's doing this in my life. And see, each time then you receive his word into your heart and you do something like that and you see God's presence working and helping you and like that, uh, getting that success from his word, well, then the next time it'll be easier. See, Jehoshaphat didn't just have that great confidence and, and, and trust in God and everything from, you know, just the very beginning. He grew in that confidence and trust in God as he had walked with God through the years and seen God do different things in his life. And that's what it means. The just shall live by faith. Each day then we're accepting God's word and we're giving him an opportunity to work more. Today, pray and ask the Lord to give you an opportunity to share with someone about him and his love. If if. If you haven't shared with anybody about your salvation, about your changed heart, your changed life, what Christ means to you, ask him today to, to give you an opportunity to do that, and then just speak up a little bit and see what happens. See, start trying to, you know, be in situations like that to where you can kind of be with God and have be working with him to reach out to lost people, because, see... What is it? Uh, Proverbs 11.30 said, The fruit of the righteous tree of life, he that winneth souls is wise. If, if you got a heart for lost people and you're praying for God to help you reach out like that, he will help you certainly grow in that because he wants all of us to be witnesses. Revelation 12.11 says, And they overcame him, speaking of the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. See, he wants all of us to have that confidence and trust in him that we'll share our testimony to others and allow them then to see God work in their life. Like when today, if you meet somebody that's crippled or somebody that's hurting or it's like this, don't just say, I'll pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, something like that. Say, let's pray. Let me pray for you. Pray for them right there so that they will hear your prayer, that you've got confidence in God, that God will do something for them. And then later that day when you're gone somewhere else, God will still be with them. And when God starts working in their life, they'll say, hey, that guy was right. That woman was right. She prayed for me, and, and, and God has really been blessing me. See, give God a chance to work in their lives. And, and you be the mouthpiece today to start that. You know, and when God speaks to you and brings that person to you, pray with them then or pray for them then. They may not want to pray, but, you know, they might allow you to. So pray for them and give God a chance to work in their life and to make himself manifest to them. You don't have to, you know, worry about, well, what if God don't do anything, something like this. That's not your job. Your job is to confess. Jesus says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the angels in heaven. See, if you confess Jesus before people, then it's up to God. Does he want to be confessed by you? Does he want to do that? See, that's his part. Our part is to speak up and share him, share him in love and everything, and let him take them, the, because he loves them so much, he's not going to disappoint, disappoint them. So do that today. Make it, an I mean, make it today the day they say, Lord, please help me to, to meet somebody 
that I know you've brought to me or something like that. You know, give me the opportunity to share today and see what happens and start growing in that faith and confidence, or growing in confidence and trust that he'll back up his word through you to them. See, that's what he wants to do. He wants to have a bunch of ambassadors that's sharing his pure word to people, and then he'll back up his word to them. And, and when you hear people then come back and say, oh, that was such a blessing, you know, like that, and God did this and God did that, it'll be such a joy to you to know that God used you as a little part of it, or a big part. Because, see, if you hadn't have said that, he wouldn't have been able to manifest himself to them in that special way. You know, I do wish I had about four or five more hours here to talk about faith, daily living, promises, victory, uh, and just some different things. I may just continue this the next opportunity. But anyway, today, if you haven't received the Lord in your heart as personal Lord and Savior, that's the greatest concern. We're all sinners, born sinners, total separation of our hearts from God. And all it means then to receive Christ in your heart is to say, Lord, please forgive me of the sins I've committed in this time. Come into my heart. I commit my life to you. And commit your life to the Lord and see what he will do. And you know, as Christians, we have a new heart from God and the Spirit of Christ, God's power in us. God is love, and His Spirit is in our hearts. In John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love, God, casts out fear, because fear is torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love or God yet. So in James 4, 7, the scripture says, Submit therefore to God. Or his spirit in you, resist the devil, fear, and he, the devil in fear, will flee from you. When you start getting apprehensive about something, like starting to fly or a storm coming, looking ahead at what might happen to you in your job, your health, don't just worry and think about these future events, or maybe something that you're even going through right now. Philippians 4, 6 says, when you start getting anxious, turn to God then by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Your request and your concern to be known to God. Worrying won't help you one bit, but it will cause you to miss God's blessings to you during that time. So, choose, make the choice yourself to set yourself in submission to God in prayer, talking to God, and counting your blessings from past things, experiences with God, then watch the devil and fear flee from you. Now, always let your anxiety be a red flag to remind you to pray. God loves you. He will hear you. And in first Colossians one twenty seven, Christ in us, our hope of glory. So have a good day. God bless you. And be set free. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord. 
right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. 